All right, well, we are continuing 1 Peter chapter 5. have so enjoyed taking Peter's advice into deeply to heart and all that he has given to us in this. And you got mask on, so I can't tell. Is that Wally and Lola right behind you? This is our new couple. Just got married, Wally and Lola. Can you wave to everybody, Lola? I know you're embarrassed. <laughs> uh, so good to have you guys with us. We had an, an international wedding here on uh, Friday. I didn't know. You guys didn't tell me that we were live streamed to Nigeria while the service was going on. Now, if you had told me that, I wouldn't have been so rude to not greet your family that was watching. I didn't know we were in Nigeria at the same time we were here. All right. First Peter chapter 5. We have, we have walked through these verses. These verses have highlighted great things about God. And then what the Bible often does is in light of these great things about God, they have, it has now summoned us and called us to particular actions. And I hope none of us have been on vacation and we've just not taken these actions. We've just appreciated some of the great highlights, but we're not taking these actions. I hope we can look back and say, okay, you know, there was this humble yourselves moment where God's calling us to this posture of humbling ourselves. Then, then we were called to take the action of casting our cares or anxieties on God, that intentional act of taking life's anxieties, presenting them to God. And then, then we were to be sober-minded and watchful and resistant about this enemy that is in our lives. So these are actions that God has called us to take as we travel through this life. But then we get to this last phrase here in verse 9. Resist him firm in your faith. And that word faith is a big deal. It's a massive deal. Uh, you know, in, in terms of our experience in life, I'm not sure there's anything more important that touches the experiencing of our lives than our faith, right? All right, so we've gotten used to this, right? They got these little devices that people, you walk into a place now and they shoot you in the forehead with this, right? You guys, everybody got, everybody been shot in the forehead lately? Yeah. Um, Right. I'd like for us to get one of these that the greeters use. That when you come in on Sunday morning, they just kind of walk up to you and, and they just kind of do a quick faith scan on you. It's not a temperature scan. It's a faith scan. Right? They just kind of shoot this at your forehead and it monitors how your faith is doing. Right? Because there's a description in this passage that if you and I are going to resist, there's going to re require a firmness of faith. But we're going to go through a bunch of passages real quickly today to get a, a crash course education in faith. How many of you know that faith is not always firm? I wish it were. I wish it only had one setting. But this thing can shoot at your forehead. And when it goes to read faith, it, it might spit out flimsy. It might spit out spaghetti, right? Pull that sword out and use it. The condition of our faith is a real deal. It has an impact on us. And, and it might help us. I mean, hey, I don't know, just subjectively, nobody raise your hand. But if, you, if this had been shot at your forehead on your way in this morning, what would it read for you this morning? What would your faith be like this morning? And, and don't be one of those people, because you're going to get a crash course in all these verses today. Don't be one of those people that, that thinks it's always the same. Because it's not. It travels through life. It has real moments. There, there are times when it's like mountaintop and there are times when it's just crawling and struggling, right? And we need to be informed about that. 
Otherwise, we're going we're gonna to be a little bit confused. But, but let me just answer a couple of quick questions before we get into our long list of 21 facts of faith for 2021. This, yeah, you're wondering, did you come up with that title? Uh, I'm not normally into numerology, but it is the 21st of February. I'm just, I, the 21s are everywhere for some reason today. Uh, all right, what is faith? Uh, well, well, faith would be a little bit multifaceted in the scriptures, right? There is the faith that's described in, in, in the scriptures. Jude 3 says, the faith that was once and for all delivered to all the saints. So the, the faith is, is, a, is a body of doctrine. It is an actual set of beliefs and things that we believe. And this is good for us in a, in a great age of individuality and pluralism. You can have your own ideas about God, but the Bible doesn't talk about God that way. It doesn't present this. Well, what, well who do you think God is? And what do you think God is like? Right? You know, the Bible never turns around and asks you that. It just comes out and tells you, this is who God is. And this is what God is like. So there is the faith that might not be your faith. But there is a the faith in the Bible that we all have to come to grips with, right? So there's the faith, there's conversion faith, right? There's a theological element that something is transpiring between us and God that brings us into a relationship with God, what we call conversion. That's got belief in it. It's got agreement in it. It's not enough to acknowledge the things that the Bible says, Faith doesn't just acknowledge something. This kind of conversion faith agrees with it. We come into agreement with God and we believe. And then also we entrust ourselves, right? Because it's not conversion faith if you say, well, yeah, yeah. I think everything in the Bible is true. Well, have you entrusted your life, your salvation, your rightness with God and the future of all that you will ever be? Have you entrusted yourself to God? Well, no, but, I, but I'm still a person of faith. Uh, no, you're not. You're a person with some information and you acknowledge that information at one level. But when the Bible uses the term faith, it's using it in a way that we have come into agreement with God and so much so that we have entrusted our lives to him. That's what conversion faith is. But there's a daily faith that's kind of getting highlighted here as well. And all throughout scripture, you know, the definition for the word faith in the Greek pistis it has a sense of confidence, certainty, and trust. And that's what that word is made up of. There's, there's a confidence in faith. There's a certainty. Now the definition says faith is in general the persuasion of the mind that a certain statement is true. Its primary idea is trust. The persuasion of the mind. Faith is a state of mind. When you and I are doing life, we're very much in contact with that. There's this dimension of faith that shows up in places where, you know, what's, what's motivating me? What's my internal impulse feeling like in this moment? What's my attitude or my disposition like? This is the stuff of faith, right? When faith is actively involved, right? When you shoot that little probe and you, you find faith... It's touching my motivations today. It's touching the attitude that I have. How am I feeling about things right now? What am I doing today? What kind of actions am I taking? Is my life shutting down, getting smaller and smaller? Well, that's not a faith moment, right? That's a fear moment. That's an that's a entanglement and sin moment. But faith brings an attitude. Faith brings some activity with us. And, and, and faith isn't just for special moments and special people either. Right? 
You and I, by nature, by God's design, have these little qualities that make us operate in faith. Right? The fact that we're finite creatures and that we're bound by time is all you need to have to live in some way by faith. Right? You and I don't know everything. So I don't know what's going to happen to me in the future. But I'm going to believe something. Most of us are here today not thinking that I I believe I'm going to drop dead by this afternoon. I bet if I looked at your calendar, you didn't plan your day that way, right? You're doing something today besides just planning to not make it home this afternoon. Because we believe something. But you really don't know that for sure, right? I mean, there's some faith involved in that. And, And we live bound by time. So I don't really know what's my next week going to be like. What's 10 years from now? going to be like. And so it requires me to reach out of myself with this thing of faith, whatever this mysterious thing in me requires me to put it on things and to interact with things. And so this is how God's designed us. We're designed to live by faith. And that's not a religious thing completely, but it is very much in the scriptures. But all of us, by being creatures who are bound by time, we're designed by God to interact with things by faith which is going to be an interesting posture for us, right? So remember, this is a critical moment just for this passage because for you and I to do life in 2021, we're going to encounter anxieties and fears and and cares. And and we're going to need a firmness of faith in that moment. We're, We're going to encounter a real enemy who's pretty good at what he does. And he's going to have an agenda and he's going to show up and, and he doesn't play fair. He shows up on the worst days and the worst moments and in the worst ways. And in that moment, I'm going to need to resist him firm in the faith, not flimsy, not weak. Right? I'm going to need this faith to show up. So here, here's what I want you to do today, because we're going to go through this and, and believe it or not, we're going to do this pretty quickly. 21 facts of faith in 2021. You should be terrified right now. I have a hard time making three points. Um, all right, I want you to do this though. If you got a pen or something to write with, which everybody should have because nobody can remember stuff anymore. Um, there's 21 of these, but they're not all gonna sit in your wheelhouse, right? And you know, as I started off just kind of looking at this, I don't normally do the list of 21 things, but it just kind of came at me in a weird way. And I think it was what the Lord had for us today. Uh, I started off thinking, yeah, what? Could I come up with 21 things? And then I just thought for a few minutes and it was like, you're going to need to stop at 21 things, quite honestly, because the Bible says a lot about faith. But not all of these things are equally thriving and critical to us all the time. Some of them rise to the top more than others. So what I want you to do is, is maybe just pick three, four, five of these that for you are the ones that are really screaming at you right now. And, and don't just interact with this this morning, right? It's the reason why we provide notes, the reason why we put stuff online. And so later in the week, you can say, okay, God, you led the shepherds of our church to say something to a flock. And, and I want to interact with that. I want to open my heart and faith to you. And to find another place where you can sit down. And sit down with your three or four or five of these that are really at the top of the list. And go back and look at these scriptures. Go back and revisit the context. And just pray about them with the Lord. Let's move through our list here. 21 facts of faith in 2021. Number one, this one probably I think would deserve to be number one. We walk by faith and we live by faith 
It is the daily reality of our lives, right? 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7 says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. Yes, we are of good courage, right? I just was, I'm not going to pull out the whole context here. You can go back and look at the context here. But walking by faith is what feeds the courage that we have. And the context where Paul's talking about is a context where courage wouldn't necessarily be fed by something else. So sometimes you, you get a frame of mind, an attitude, a courage, a confidence that comes because we are actually walking by faith and not by sight. One more insight quickly. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 12 says, For now, let me put the emphasis on that. For now, right now, we see in a mirror dimly. It's a little foggy to see a lot of the realities of our lives. But then, right, one day we're going to be face to face with the Lord. Now, I know in part. Then, I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So, now, faith, hope, and love abide these three. Right, so right now, faith and hope, right? And, and when both of those have been spoken of, we did a series on hope at the end of the year there. When both of those are spoken of, it, they're, they're spoken of in a way that one day, those two are going to go away. Both of them will, right? One day, why do you hope for what you see? If you hope for what you see, right? The Romans criticized us for that. We hope for what we do not see, but when you actually get to see it, you're going to stop hoping for it. You're going to actually possess it and live in it. So you won't be going, well, one day, I hope, it, one day will become reality. And faith is the same thing. Faith is going to actually give way to the reality of something. But right now, that's not our world. That's not our existence. We walk by faith, not by sight. But yet, we see something. For now we see in a mirror dimly. All right, so can you just pick up on this for a second? Because this is a daily space of life, isn't it? You and I are doing life in a way that, that we see some things, but there are some things that we don't see by sight. We see them by faith. It's a different form of seeing. It's kind of, I don't know what you'd call it, right? Maybe sonar, right? It's, it's a different way of seeing things, right? You have, you have bats and creatures that use sonar to, to see. They don't see with sight the same way you and I see with sight. There's, you know, they've got those infrared scope things, you know, that you can aim a gun or someone, you look through a scope and it's infrared. And, and so it sees differently. It looks for something different. It looks for the heat signature of something out there and, and it paints the outline of that thing. And you see it. Faith is sort of like a device like that. It's seeing something besides what you're seeing. And so that's a good question for us, isn't it, this morning? we're walking by faith and we're seeing things by faith. So my question would be, what are you seeing besides what you're seeing? You get that? Because when I use these eyes and my reasonings, I see certain things. But faith steps in and says, okay, now what else are you seeing? It's like I put on something else and I look out again and I see other things that are here. But I, I see them dimly. I don't see them the same way. If you're expecting your faith walk 
to have the kind of sight factors that your natural disposition has, you're going to chronically be disappointed and, and confused. Walking with God, God clearly says we walk by faith, not by sight. And this faith is like staring into something that's kind of can't quite see that exactly for what it is. And that doesn't mean that your faith is broken. This is how faith operates in this hour. It's what it's going to feel like. Right? John Frame says faith, even though imperfect and unworthy, is the means or the instrument, I like that word, by which we reach out and receive God's grace. Some have compared it to an empty hand reaching out to be filled. Remember that faith is trust. Your trust is not going to earn you anything, right? Be careful how you let faith crawl into your relationship and your formula of relating to God, right? Trust is not going to earn you anything, right? We don't pump up faith and finally get God on our side. That's not what faith is in our life doing. But it connects you with Christ who has earned everything for you. We see in Hebrews 11 how the great saints of the Old Testament acted again and again by faith. As we've seen, faith is based on knowledge, but it's not, but it, pardon me, but it's the knowledge of God's word, not the knowledge of the eyes. So faith sees something, but faith sees something that's been informed by God's explanations, by God's clear word, and not just by what my eyes can see. Number two, faith will face anxieties in this world. We've seen that in 1 Peter. And it's interesting that the same conditions that produce faith also produce anxieties. Isn't that interesting? Right? It's, it's my creatureliness and my being bound by time that make me anxious. The same exact factors that give way to faith also can give way to anxiety because I know I'm, I'm vulnerable. I'm a limited creature. I can't stop everything. I can't do something about everything. I can't use my own force and talents and resources to stop everything that could come into my life. And I'm bound by time. So I don't know what's going to happen a year from now or 10 years from now. Well, those are the exact same factors that inform faith. And so anxieties pull on the same things that faith pulls on. So we're going to be operating by faith. Number three, faith must be watchful and offer firm resistance to the devil. Now, one of the things I hope to do in just letting us glance at faith today like this is to make us a whole lot less casual about how we treat faith in our lives, right? Listen to what the Bible says. Stop, stop creating our own sense of definitions for things. And let's just accept what God says, right? God says something about faith. And this, this is a fact, right? We're going to need to resist the devil firm in our faith. Luke 22, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. When Satan comes to do whatever sifting is in Peter's life, it's his faith that's going to come under fire and going to engage that moment. First Corinthians 16, Paul says, be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong, 
Right? Remember that sense of courage? We, we see something and we are of good courage. We walk by faith and we are of good courage. Well, that's, that's being picked up again here. Don't be surprised, right? I hate when we get surprised by life because it puts us on our heels. Don't be surprised if in 2021, you're going to have to be brave. You're going to have to take courage. There's going to be a moment when fear and vulnerability feels like that's what, that's what this is going to feel like. And in that moment, be watchful. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong. Don't give in to that, right? The anxiety is screaming at you because it says you're limited. You don't have the power to overcome this and you have no idea what's coming, do you? And faith has the opportunity in that moment to stand firm and be courageous. Do not be surprised when you confront a moment this year walking with God where you need to be courageous. Number four. Faith will be tested or refined. Right? In this wonderful First Peter passage, if you back up a little bit further, you have this gracious, merciful God who has caused us to be born again. He has jumped into our lives with an incredible blessing, right? And then it says, we who by God's power, verse 5, are being guarded through faith, right? So that's going to be number five for us. I won't come back to that one again. Right? There is a sense that we are being guarded by the power of God through faith. So there's a guarding taking place. Remember this mighty God, this mighty God who controls the outcomes in the times of our lives. He is guarding us by faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now, right, 2021, though right now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. How many of us have been grieved by various trials? Right, so when my dashboard light goes off and the grief of a trial is being experienced, how do I interpret that? What's going on in that moment? Right? Well, here's a deep insight. So that the tested genuineness of your faith more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. What did we just hear is going to be part of our experience this year? Our faith is going to be refined this year. God has a plan where he intends to take whatever that quality of faith that is in us and, and put it into a refining process. And the two things that are in refining processes are pressure and heat. That's how you get the gasoline that drives your car. Pressure, high, high pressure, and heat. High, high heat. So much so that faith can have separated out of it the pollutants that are working against faith and that faith can become pure and more pure and more pure and more operational and more effective and more beneficial to us. Most importantly, not just for today, but to get us all the way to the end. That's what's in light here. And that, that might be above our pay grade. You know, we might just think, well, you know, I'm, I'm not thinking about the end, man. I'm just trying to get through today. But you know, the Bible recognizes that for faith, because that's what's going to take us to the end for that faith 
to take us to the end, God is going to put it through a refining process that from year to year, events to events, moments to moments, he is taking things out of that faith by heat and pressure. And you and I are going to feel it. You know what it's going to feel like? It it probably is not going to feel like temperature and it's not going to feel like something actually physically on you. It's going to feel like uh, the grief of various trials. That's what it's going to feel like. So when you and I feel grief and trials, don't misinterpret that. That may be God at work refining your faith, and that could be happening next year. Number five, faith will access God's power to guard us. We already said that. Hey, just, you know, look at just number two and three and four there. Anxieties, watchful for an enemy, and a refining process. So just ask yourself a question. How might you feel in May? Or October, when that's on the playing field with us, anxieties and refining and an enemy, that, that could be what life is going to feel like, right? Don't be surprised by that. Stand in May and say, oh yeah, yeah, I knew that. I knew that'd be part of walking through this year by faith. Number six, faith can be absent. Matthew thirteen fifty eight, and he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Jesus had gone from place to place to place doing miraculous things. But he gets to this place and the natural mindedness of these people produced unbelief in them. And why were they natural minded? Because Jesus was a local to them. We grew up with him. Come on, man. Play ball with him. Now you're going to tell me he's going to come heal a disease? Raise somebody from the dead? Come on, man. Now, you and I didn't grow up with Jesus, but we've got our own set of natural reasons why what Jesus has done to other people, he can't do for us, right? Don't we? Because we know us, right? We're just natural minded. And we stop believing that this mighty God who has done incredible things throughout history and around the world and in people that we know, but, but we got our own reasons why on the home court here, he can't do that, right? So faith can be absent. Number seven, faith can be weak or lacking or partial. Romans 14.1 says, as for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, right? This is an educational verse for the local church. People among us, people watching, people who aren't here yet, people going to be part of this church in the future. They're going to come into this setting weak in faith. And you and I are called to understand that. And we might be that person. And you know what that person feels like? Even in Romans 14, you know what they feel like? They feel judged. They feel like they're not living up to somebody else's opinion or standard or way of doing things. And I can't tell you how many people I have heard say something like that over the years of being a pastor. People come into an environment, they know their life is messed up. They believe a few things, but they don't understand a lot of things. And they come get among people who've been walking with Jesus for 10 and 20 years. And there's a lot of stuff that's been helped along the way. Their life has changed in a lot of ways. And these people notice it. And they notice, I'm not like that. I don't act like that, talk like that, or dress like that. Because they're in a different place of faith. And the Bible doesn't act like, oh, oh. Somebody correct them. No, it actually tells us to adjust for them, right? Pay attention to the fact that there's going to be people in different places of faith. First Thessalonians 3.10. We pray most earnestly night and day that we may see you face to face. See, they were doing Zoom calls back then too. Um, and supply 
what is lacking in your faith. Right? So clear acknowledgement from Paul. You can be in a place where there's something lacking in your faith. Mark 9, 22, for, but if you can do anything, this person says to Jesus, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if, if you can, all things are possible for one who believes. Immediately the father, he's adjusting his story now. The child cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. You know the outcome of this story? It's not Jesus saying, well, you know, hey, when you're fully done with the unbelief stuff, come back and let me know. He ministers to their need when that person comes with a mixture of belief and unbelief. Was there more belief than unbelief in this moment? I don't know. You don't know either. We just know it wasn't pure belief. How many of you guys know that Jesus can do amazing things when our unbelief is mixed with belief? And isn't that most of the time? I don't think God ever gets pure faith from us. It's always a mixture. Faith can increase. Number eight, 2 Corinthians 10, verse 15, Paul says, But our hope is that as your faith increases, our area of influence among you may be greatly enlarged. And I think that's the hope that Paul had. I think it's the hope of every pastor, every leader in the body of Christ is that faith would increase, right? That's what we're doing. That's why we're here this morning, right? That's our agenda. And this is a faith factory, right? We are seeking for faith to have walked in this building here and then just move a little bit into an increased posture by the end of the time together. Number nine, a little faith can do big things. Right? The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith, right? So even the disciples knew, hey, we see something different operating in you and others. Can you do that for us? Can you increase our faith? And the Lord said, if you had faith like a grain of mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. I kind of love the way Jesus adjusts this mindset for them. I don't think he's telling them, hey, your faith can't grow because that's all over the New Testament. Certainly your faith can grow. But, but I think he's pulling the rug of excuse out from underneath them. I was, we only got a little bit of faith. So there's, there's just a lot of stuff we can't do, right? That's what I kind of hear in these guys. And Jesus says, hey, you know, a little bit of nitroglycerin goes a long way, buddy. It can blow up a lot of stuff. You just need a little. And you may, guys might just have a little, but you can do a lot with a little bit of faith. So never underestimate. Don't give yourself that excuse. Well, I'm not somebody else. Jesus, I'm not you. Can you increase our faith? And one day when we're like you, we can do some amazing ministry. Like, no, no, you guys can do amazing ministry right now, no matter what you got. Number 10, faith can be in danger from temptation, right? Real danger. Paul writes to the Thessalonians. He's probably been gone from them less than a year when he writes this letter to them. And he says, for this reason, then I, when I could bear it no longer, I sent to learn about your faith for fear that somehow the tempter had tempted you and our labor would be in vain. Is this legit on Paul's part? Is he panicking for no reason? This is the apostle Paul. I think he knows some things here. And he knows that there is a real tempter that does come. That devil who's roaming about, he shows up in people and he does real damage. And, and, G, and Paul takes this seriously. And he sins to find out of those that he is meet, making disciples and they're in their early stages of walking and he sins to find out what's the condition of their faith. Number 11, faith can wander. 
through misplaced affections. 1 Timothy 6 verse 10 says, For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evils. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. And this is, this is insightful. Um, this is a good question for us, right? I don't know that little meter thing. Would be helpful, wouldn't it? If you walked in and a shot there and the reading came out, mm, wandering. Mm. Does that mean anything to you? Wandering. Would you describe yourself as wandering in 2021? Some people would. Some people would say 2020 was a massive year of wandering. It disrupted things that were beneficial to my faith. And I lived a year that, yeah, yeah, I was wandering. Well, take note of something here. We don't just wander. We, we wander in the presence of desires and appetites and cravings. So we don't just wander for no reason in this passage. So when, when I'm wandering in my faith and I'm drifting along, it's not that I don't want anything. It's that I want something else, right? My desires have become misplaced. And so if you just check where you are right now, you know, where, where are you now versus a year ago? Versus two years ago, right? This is a, this is a, a helpful self-awareness question because if I'm aware that I as a creature am capable of wandering, I'm capable of that. My faith is capable of wandering. Then I want to know what is it that I'm drifting off after? What, what set that in place? What were the things that in me, there were cravings that, that went off in me that suddenly this little thing over here became something that caught my attention, caught my eye, and my energy got used there. And as a matter of fact, maybe some of my faith got transferred there. And I began to believe that the good of my life is, is over here and wandering set in, right? So that's just a reality for us. Number 12, faith can be swerved from. Something can come to us and we swerve from faith. First Timothy 6, verse 20. Oh, Timothy, guard the deposit entrusted to you. Avoid the irreverent babble and contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge. For by professing it, some have swerved from the faith. I think 2020 was filled with drunk drivers swerving. I'm serious. You know, there is, there is this faith once and for all delivered, right? What is that about? It's the gospel. It's the faith that says the great need of humanity is met in the person and the work of Jesus Christ. The thing that my soul, that your soul, that anybody's soul needs, what's most critical for all of us is that there is this person who was God himself who put on human flesh and came on a mission to accomplish something. What did he come to accomplish? To reconcile us to God. And he was the only one who could ever do it. And he fully did it. And we put our trust in him and, and our lives come back into relationship with God. That is the faith. That is the gospel. That's the most important thing. 
Can I just tell you that some have swerved from that being so important in the past year and other things. And you'll figure them out when you have a three-minute conversation with somebody. And they want to talk to you about Donald Trump being back in the White House. Really? And you're pretty, pretty animated about that too. Listen, I'm not trying to comment on whether that could, should, would, or whatever would happen. I'm just telling you, that's not the faith. That's not the deposit that was once and for all delivered over to the saints for you and I to feel like, you know what, you know what the hope of my life is? It's in the redemptive work of Jesus Christ, no matter who sits in that White House. My hope is not there. And by the way, it's not in a social cause either. I read a lot of that last year. We had a lot of swerving going on last year. Do none of these things matter? Oh, sure, they matter. They don't matter like this, though. And this swerving here is a swerving from the faith into other ideas that have come along and said, hey, this is a big idea. This is a very, everybody pay attention to it. And the number of Christians who, who took their energy from being devoted to the faith and devoted it to something else has resulted in many of them swerving into a bad place. And, and whatever was available then was available today. Timothy, avoid, avoid the irreverent babble and contradictions of what's falsely called knowledge. Beware, there is a range of ideas out there presenting themselves. Some of it, Paul would just say it's babble, it's irreverent babble. Some of it he would say it's just contrary to true knowledge. It's just the wrong ideas trying to take the place of the right ideas. Be mindful as you and I do 2021, that will be available. And to the, to the effect that it takes root in my soul and captures me, I will be swerving in the year 2021. So be careful. Number 13, faith can be shipwrecked. Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy 1, this charge I entrust to you, Timothy, my child, in accordance with the prophecies previously made about you, that by them you may wage the good warfare holding holding faith and a good conscience. By rejecting this, some have made shipwreck of their faith. That's sobering. That's the Apostle Paul's advice to Pastor Timothy as he cares for people in a local church. And then he mentions specifics, among whom are Hymenaeus and Alexander. I wonder what, when that was read, I wonder what that did for people. I wonder if anybody in the room went, what? Wait, did he just say, Jaime and Alex? What? No way. Do you think that's possible? Do you think Jaime and Alex were among them and no one would have ever thought they could be duped. They could be shipwrecked. They could be off in the weeds somewhere. And when they heard their names, there, were a, there was a gasp in the church that day when that letter was read. That's sobering, isn't it? Number 14, faith. Faith has something to obey. Romans 1.5, we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all the nations. I, I know we live in a time where it feels like everybody has the right to believe whatever they want to believe. 
And, and under American government, that's true. But God designed faith to be obedient to something. Right? Our putting our belief somewhere, there's an accountability to that. Did you, did you know at some point you're going to give an account for what you believed? For where you put your faith to what are you believing in is going to rescue you, is going to save you, is going to give you a good life. What are you believing? We are all are going to give an account for that because our faith is summoned to obey something. Number 15, faith comes as a gift. There's a dimension here. I want to throw this wild card in because it'll mess up everything I just said. And that's what God does sometimes. He comes in to settings where we have made shipwreck, ruined things, wandered, etc. And he shows up in grace and mercy and does in our lives what has no explanation. God, why are you doing this? Don't ever overlook that. You can't always draw a straight line as to what's going to happen next in your life based on what you've done. Because God can just come in and say, you know, in spite of what you've done. And then how you get saved, by the way. Right? My straight line from birth goes straight to hell. That's my straight line. Until God jumps in at one point and says, nah, let's make the line go this way now. Lord, why'd you do that? Uh, I'm just that way. Right? And that's what we hear about grace here. Ephesians 2, verse 8 and 9. For by grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God. Not as a result of work so that no one may boast. How does this faith ever get to us? It's a gift of God. God, for his own reasons, decides to give us this faith. And then it operates in us in amazing ways. In 1 Corinthians 12, we find out the Holy Spirit who distributes these gifts just as he will. Right? Not as we force him, not as we purchase, not as we earn, but just as he wills, he gives the gift of faith. And so faith can show up in your life at crazy measures that the Holy Spirit's just chosen to give us. Number 16, faith needs the word of God. Romans ten seventeen. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. I know a lot of what we're talking about today is faith is mysterious. I mean, it's kind of hard to get your hands on it, but it's not totally mysterious. There are things, specific things that you and I can do that affect faith. And one of them is to get our minds and our hearts around the word of God. Now, I am always familiar with hearing as long as I've been a Christian, that there's always been this statement made by Christians it just needs to get out of our vocabulary, right? If you ever go to marriage counseling, sometimes people you know, get good marriage counseling and say, hey, don't let divorce be part of your vocabulary in your home. Uh, as a Christian, can I just tell you, don't let, I don't like to read be part of your vocabulary. Just that just needs to go away. That makes about as much sense as saying, yeah, well, yeah, I'm a human being, but I, you know, I don't like to eat. I don't like to breathe. I don't like to sleep. It's like, you know, okay, well then, you know, you got limited days here, buddy. (laughs) You'll be dead soon. Stop. Stop validating that statement in your life. I don't really like to read. Stop it. I don't know what other counsel to give you. Stop it. Don't ever say it again. Because you can't survive without this. This faith Whatever probe's going to read it, if you hadn't been in this, I promise you, faith comes by hearing. If you don't hear this, faith ain't coming. 
I don't know what substitute I've got, right? This is what the Bible says. So I don't really like to read. Stop it. Stop it. Read anyway. How many of you love going to work? How many of you love to clean your bathrooms? Right? We do lots of things we don't love because the, the alternative to not doing them is unacceptable. Reading is critical. Number 17, faith needs to be built by spiritual disciplines. Jude one twenty. but you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit. Number 18, faith may need supplies that come from others. Right? How does this faith come to us? Well, we're learning some ways it comes to us. Well, here's another way. First Thessalonians 3.10, we pray most earnestly night and day that we may see you face to face and supply what is lacking in your faith. All right, so the Thessalonians had some lacking in their faith and Paul wasn't with them. And so certainly God's got to do something in that arena. You know, they can study, they can pray, they can do a bunch of things. But there's also something that seeing you face to face, that ministry was going to bring something to their faith as well. Number 19, faith needs the ministry of other leaders and gifts in the body of Christ. Ephesians 4.11 is a long explanation for how God gave apostles and prophets, pastors and teachers to the church so that they might mature and come to the unity of the faith. How do you get to the unity of the faith? Through the gifts of leaders that God puts in our lives. That's a means of doing it. Romans 1. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God. We have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith. What was contributing to our faith, believing the right thing, becoming obedient to God, the ministry of apostles, the grace given to them was going to affect our ability to believe the right thing. Philippians 1.25, Paul's praying about whether he's going to heaven or not, whether it's time for me to step off and go be with the Lord. Convinced of this, verse 25, convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith. How is it that your faith goes from here to there? The apostle Paul recognized that he and others played a role in that. And I believe the Lord would have me continue in that role. And therefore, you're going to continue to grow in your faith. Acts 16 comes out of a a real controversial time. There's a lot of issues taking place in the body of Christ in Acts chapter 15. And there's some leadership prayer meetings that take place. How do we handle this? How do we address that situation? And God leads these folks to make a decision in that moment. They walked away from this meeting, heated meeting, touching a variety of issues that were taking place in the day and they prayed sought god and they said it seemed good to us in the holy spirit and then they brought that decision that decision flesh and blood human beings praying asking god they brought that decision to the churches in acts chapter 16 verse 5 so the churches were strengthened in the faith and they increased in numbers daily What was the result of those leaders getting together, praying and getting some wisdom from God and bringing them into local church settings? Their faith was strengthened. Number 20, faith needs steps and steering, right? It needs some guidance and it needs, we need to be aware that it takes steps. You know, it doesn't, doesn't leap. It takes steps, right? Colossians two, for though I am absent in body, Yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order 
and the firmness of your faith, right? This is what every pastor is after. This is what the apostles were after. Firmness of faith. Not that just you believe something. Not just that you, you got one toe in the kingdom of God. The passion for those who care for souls is to know, hey, your faith needs to keep moving. It needs to go from here to there next. Hey, are you, is it going from here to there next? How, how are you doing? Are you maturing? Are you growing? Because that refining thing is what gets you to the end. So come, come, come on, gotta, we got to move here. And so there's a little bit of an intensity for those who lead. Today, can I just tell you, don't misread the intensity. Don't do something with it that's not being asked of for you to do. Don't turn it into guilt. Because today, if anybody breaks into your personal party and requires anything of you, that's greeted like, oh, here you go again, making me feel guilty because I didn't come to church on Sunday. Ah, all right, you deal with the guilt, but I'm not going away. Because my goal and the goal of every other pastor and leader in this church is firmness of faith. Because I know people make shipwreck. I know they wander. I know they swerve. I know those are realities. I'd be an idiot and an ungodly pastor if I left you where you are for another minute. Because there is a real devil roaming about seeking whom he may devour. And he will mangle you next. Unless you resist him firm in the faith. This is not a game. This is not some social country club. These are realities in the spirit realm. That's going to happen. So if there's a little bit of intensity, a little bit of a where were you kind of an element. It's because all these things, go back and read them. All these things are contributing to our faith becoming firm and able to withstand what it's going to face in this world. Paul goes on and says, verse six, therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him rooted and built up and established in the faith, just as you were taught abounding in thanksgiving, right? There is something God is doing here to take us to the next place. All right. Number 21, faith needs settings of fellowship and serving. And listen, in a day in which everything's turned into a Zoom call or a haven't seen you in a while, this, this one, remember, you got to do 2021 with firm faith. So I'm hoping you're subscribing to, Lord, let me sign on for everything that makes my faith firm. Well, there are things about settings where fellowship and serving take place that does something to our faith. Second Thessalonians 1, verse 3, Paul says, we ought always... To give thanks to God for you, brothers, as is right. Because your faith is growing abundantly. And the love of every one of you for one another is increasing. These things are related. right? As we relate to one another and love for one another becomes a way of life. And it becomes more and more influential in our lives. And we are giving love to one another. We are receiving love from one another. Our faith grows abundantly. And when you subtract that from your life, you subtract that influence on your faith. First Timothy 3. For those who serve well as deacons gain a good standing for themselves and also great confidence in the faith that is in Christ Jesus. 
I think if you ask anyone who has served in children's ministry, in any form of giving their life away, they've sat at an alpha table, they would tell you, that if you ever had the preacher teach a message, they would be the first to tell you, I benefit more than all of you do. That serving dimension does something to your faith. It affects, it brings a greater confidence, strength and firmness to your faith. Listen, do not buy into the idea, I'm too busy to serve. I've got too much going on to serve. That, that serving activity in your life may be the thing that brings a firmness to your faith. It's going to be exactly what you need to walk out God's purpose in your life. Hebrews 10, <clears throat> one last verse, 22 and following says, Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. With our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience, our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some. Why don't neglect that? Because you're going to need full assurance of faith when you go to do this life in the coming year. Full assurance. You're going to face a life that's going to feel like, okay, I must be so out of bounds. God is against me. I have no access to him. Where is God? That's what's happening in chapter 10. And how does that get helped? Well, we stir up one another to love and good works. We serve together. We stir one another's faith up together. And we don't neglect to meet together. Can I just tell you, if... if neglecting and I get you know we're about to come up on a one-year anniversary of the whole COVID chapter and at some point everybody needs to revisit how am I going to do life how am I going to do this and no one needs to think that the rules have changed in these kinds of categories we have to figure out how to get around each other in such a way that this stuff is true I can't create a version of church that has me just watching online and I don't get around anybody. There's no stirring up faith going on. I'm not involved in, with you and you're not involved with me because I'm afraid I'm going to catch something. Can I tell you? If you don't get around some people, you're going to catch something all right. That depleted faith element, you're going to catch something. You're going to catch whatever the devil is roaming around seeking to hock next to you. Right? This... Why are we so much more serious about natural things than we are about spiritual things? You know, I need a whole lot more than a shot in my arm of some chemical. I need a shot in my soul of some faith. That needs to be happening at an incredible level for me to navigate the viral elements of this world that are around us. So let me just encourage us. You know, we call this message rebooting faith. You know, in one sense, you, you, you kind of can't reboot faith because you can't go directly to faith and touch it. When you read all these passages in scriptures, you kind of recognize that. Nowhere does it say here, hey, in a tough spot, reach over to the faith knob and, and click it over to, you know, it's like there's no faith knob. You just can't go straight to faith. But you can go to other things. Right? It's interesting, even the disciples had figured something out about this faith when they said, Jesus, would you increase our faith? Could you do that? Well, that's the truth. You and I can't increase our faith. God can do that. But we can do a bunch of things that bring grace from God to increase our faith. And that's where we want to land, right? 
That's where we want to be. Let's stand up together. Lord, thank you for a broad look in your word at this thing called faith. This daily influence that operates from within us. That thing that causes us to turn left when everything natural says go straight. That thing that causes us to to get out of boats and step on water when there's no reason to do that. Except we saw something by faith caused us to do something we never would have done on our own and we walk by faith lord that's the story you have given to each and every one of us so lord this faith is so critical it's going to be critical when our anxieties rage against us this year it's going to be critical when the enemy comes to tempt us or we will need to stand firm in this faith so father would you help us this morning would you just Come to these real spaces of our lives. Lord, help us be aware. Lord, what are we doing to guard faith in our lives? God, would you just go to individual hearts right now, Lord? Would you ask that question for each of us? What what am I doing? What are you doing? Keith, what are you doing to guard faith in your life? And what are you doing to grow faith in your life? God, I pray for us, Lord, I pray for a massive outbreak of things that bring growth, increase in faith. God, I pray for our reading of the word, our study of your word, our our curiosity would be deepened, our tenacity and discipline would increase our setting our souls and our lives open before your word of God to speak to us would become more and more frequent, more and more powerful, more and more effective. God, I pray for fellowship and serving one another, Lord. Lord, regardless of the year that we've just come through, Lord, would you not let us lose those precious things? Our faith needs that to grow. God, would you bring us back to lives that overlap, to care for each other, to showing up in the spaces of life that stir up faith and love in each other. God, would you give us hearts to serve, serve each other, serve the mission that we're on together, value the kingdom of God in a way that causes us to lay down our own lives and take up places to serve that our faith might grow. Would you cause us to exercise our faith? Lord, cause us, call us to do things that take faith to do them. God, give us the grace not to live in our safe little spaces where we only do what we think we can do and we only do what we're really good at. God, give us faith to step into spaces where we're just doing that because God, you're going to have to show up or you're going to have to meet me here. You're going to have to give me words to say. You're going to have to give me the courage to be in that space. God, it's going to have to come from you because I'm stepping there by faith. God, I pray for those who are here with us today or maybe they're watching via live stream. They feel like they have swerved or they have wandered. 
in their faith this past year. And they're in a place right now where they are wrestling with the difficulties of that place that they now find themselves in. God, I thank you that you speak to those spaces, that you don't ignore those spaces. And your voice brings hope even to that moment right now. God knows where you are. God is at work where you are. God is gracious to give what's not deserved where you are. He gives faith. Not because you could boast about how it came to you, but because he just does. He just gives faith graciously. God, we pray for those dearly friends and brothers and sisters and members of the body of Christ who have wandered into a bad place. God, together we pray for them. God, flood their lives with grace. God, run them down. Lord, I don't understand exactly what happened the day that the prodigal, who was so far away from where he should be, suddenly came to his senses. But somehow he did. But we pray all over the body of Christ, Lord. There are folks who have wandered from churches all over the place, Lord. Would you suddenly let them come to their senses this morning, God, we pray. That their faith might be protected, that their faith might be sheltered and made firm for the days of anxieties and attacks from the enemy. God, we pray for them. Lord, bring them. Give us more prayers to pray. Give us hearts to stir them. Father, we believe that you are at work in this coming year. 2021 is a year that we will need to walk by faith, not by sight. Lord, would you reboot our faith for the days ahead, for your glory, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Love you guys. Love you guys at home, and we miss you. Kind of filling up in here at 9 o'clock, but I think we could squeeze in a few more folks if you want to come join us in the future. 11 o'clock, I think, still has some room available. If you need something, please get in touch with us. Let us know that. Love you much. See you guys Wednesday night. See you Wednesday night. Let's pack this place. See God break through.